Welcome. We're excited to jump in and just really focus in on the reality that your prayer life matters. I mean, your prayer life is a difference maker in how fulfilling your relationship is with God, ultimately. How fulfilling your faith is in community. If we unpack everything that Jesus teaches, I believe your life will be richer and your faith surely will be richer than you could ever fathom. So let's read this. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. It's on your handout or on your uh, digital version if you're on the app. It says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Wow. So this is Jesus' response to a question. The one question that his disciples asked him. The the question of what they wanted to be taught. Get this, his disciples followed him around, saw the miracles he did, saw the provision he gave out to those who were hungry, like feeding of 5,000 people from a few loaves of bread and fish. Just these incredible occurrences of, like he would cast demons out of people. It was crazier than any movie out there, right? Scarier than a clown. I'm just saying, Jesus did some crazy stuff. And these disciples were with him. And what was the one thing they pursued to learn, like that they asked and really tried to capture? How to pray. It wasn't, they weren't like, okay, I want to do that to another naked dude in a graveyard. That was cool. Like you made everything in him go into a herd of pigs if you've never read the Bible. There's some crazy stories in there. I'm just saying. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, start reading, be entertained. It's crazy. But that happened. And the disciples didn't say, I want to do that. They said, man, every day, like you get away and you have a conversation with your Father in heaven. I want to sign up for that. I want that moment that you have in your life. I think that's the secret sauce. Teach us to pray. Wow. I think it must be important then, right? God has amazing plans for your future. And the disciples saw that the way they were going to step into those plans was to be able to pray with the same intimacy and depth of relationship that Jesus prayed. And so they asked, teach us to pray. Now, Jaden just mentioned that tonight's the final night. If you want to show up for re-engage, you can show up. It's, it's one of the groups that's happening this fall. It's, like, it's more of like a program because it goes for 12 weeks. But the, uh, the cool thing is it strengthens, resurrects, does incredible things for marriage, right? And uh, we have a couple more spaces left, so if you want to do that, feel free to sign up. But here's why I bring that up. One of the things you focus on and re-engage is communication. Because what helps a marriage better than communicating well? 
If you can communicate well in marriage, you can work through a lot of things. But if you don't communicate well, things aren't necessarily going to go good, right? It's not like, hey, honey, will you marry me? Yes. Okay. We get married. I do. I do. Kiss and walk down the aisle. And then it's like, well, she knows I love her. I put a ring on it. You know, don't ever have to say that again. Whoo. I do. I said it like then, you know, Dana and I have been married for 20 years. 20 years ago, I told her I loved her. That's good enough, right? Said no one ever. It's just that doesn't work. You have to dialogue. You have to talk. You have to communicate. You have to find moments. Make moments where you can have conversation. I mean, we would never imagine marriage would work if the last time we talked to each other was when we committed to one another at an altar and put rings on each other's fingers. We just never would imagine that. Why do we do that with the faith? Why do we come to church, we get inspired, we learn about Jesus, we start to dig in a little bit, and then we're like, okay, I'm going to make a big decision. I'm going to make a big choice, and I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. I'm going to, if you would, put a ring on the finger of my faith. I'm going to seal this deal. I'm going to confess Jesus is Lord, that he's the Son of God, that he came to save me and rescue me, and I am going to be saved for all eternity, I say yes to that. And then we never talk to him. And we never talk to God after that. We can't imagine that that relationship would be fulfilling either, right? It's the same story. How do we get this conversation going? Why do we do that? How can we overcome the tendency to not talk to God. Well, I don't know if any of you have felt like this. I think one of the challenges is we leave it up to the professionals. Have you ever found yourself in a room and maybe you've been the one asking for somebody to pray? Or maybe you've been the one that knew that like, oh, it's a big meal. A bunch of people are here. Uh, maybe Let's pray over the meal. And you look around and you see someone in ministry. And you're like, hey, well, will you pray for the moment? Right? Now, I often get asked that. I'm often that guy in a room. I'll be in a room, and they're like, well, we need somebody to pray. Hey, Thad, can you pray? You know, you're like the professional, so you know how to do it. Right? And uh, it's kind of a funny moment because you're honored. It's not like you make a big deal. You're like, well, you were supposed to learn that in Sunday school, so I'm going to let you do it. And I'm gonna, I have a score sheet. I'm going to go down, make sure that you're scoring correctly on that one. Some certain words you got to say. If you miss them, it's a deduction. And if you're not careful, I do have a ticket to hell in my back pocket. I'll write it. I'll pass it along to you. And you got to make up for all the errors. No. You know what I'm saying? It's like you feel this pressure all of a sudden. You're just like, well, I, I don't know what to say if I'm going to pray. And then we freeze. It's intimidating. There's no magic phrase, though. There's no magic phrases in prayer. And, uh, and then you have pastors out there that share their pet peeves in prayer, and it makes it more intimidating. You know, pastors that would, like, say, make fun of the word just when people pray. Like, who would do that and put that pressure on people so that when they pray, they don't use the word just, and then they hear themselves saying, oh, God, we pray that you would just show up today. You know, just that's all. Just, just, show up. you know, and then, so they share that. And then it makes you even more worried that you're going to say just when you pray. 
And then John came back to me back there, actually, after he opened up in prayer today, and he said, shoot, I said just, I think I said just up there. And I was laughing because I was like, I'm saying this in the talk. Sorry, John. Um, so the, uh, and then they'll say stuff like, the, uh, you know, well, because this same pastor, who's a little goofy, came me, right? I've said that uh, I've talked about how people just pray using the Lord's name. If you've been in a room, right? And you could, it'd be like, God, Jesus, Lord, Jesus, God, I just, God, Jesus, Lord, Lord, God, just, just Jesus, Jesus, Lord, I just, God, if you, J Jesus, Holy Spirit, God, you know, you're just like, what are you, have you ever had a conversation with your spouse like that? Let's go back to the illustration, right? And, and I just wonder how that would go if I went to Dana and I was like, Dana, Dana, Marie, Huff, Huff, Dana, Dana, ma'am, honey, darling, sweetie chunks. I'm just kidding. I don't call her that. That'd be awkward. But, you know, it would be, it would not go over well if all I did was call and never had the conversation and said, you know, get around to saying, oh, I just want to say I love you. I know I said it 20 years ago, and that's good enough, but I just wanted to bring it up again. You, so it's like you, you get nervous because you know that, like, people, you're modeling for people how to, your relationship with God is going. And so maybe sometimes that's why we pass the opportunity to pray, is because we haven't talked to him this week. And maybe we feel distanced from God. And we're like, oh, well, if I'm the one that's going to pray, then everybody's going to know I haven't really talked to him in about a month. I've been in a room where somebody talked to him, so I feel good about that. I'm doing well on that chart. But, you know, and so I think we want to be able to empower you to flip that switch and just say it's not a big deal. We don't have to leave it for the professionals. And in fact... We have an opportunity to grow our relationship with Jesus, with God the Father, in such a way that would empower our life beyond what we could imagine. So again, the disciples saw how close Jesus was with his heavenly Father and wanted that same exact relationship with God. They wanted to get back to the, the design of man with God, if you would, having conversation, doing things with God, and Jesus had this, and they wanted it. And they didn't know how to make it happen. Maybe they thought the same thing. And so they, through, through the practice Jesus exemplified of prayer, they went to him and asked, how do we pray? And if it wasn't supposed to be them learning, we would have read it differently in this occurrence. They would have gone to Jesus, and instead of saying, teach us how to pray, they would have said, hey. If the professionals were supposed to do it, they would have said, hey, Jesus, sorry to interrupt, but hey, could you ask your dad something for me? I know you know how to talk to him. Could you just like, you know, I was thinking, um, Apple Watch 3, uh, it'd be cool. It's not tethered to my phone. Jesus, could you handle that for me? All right. All right. Hey, Jesus, I was, my marriage, um, I haven't told my wife I love her for 20 years. Can you help out with that? Just talk to your dad, your father, if you could, because I don't know what, where to go from here. <laughs> you know, uh, son, tell them to go to re-engage. This is what you would have heard all of a sudden. You would have been like, thanks, Jesus. You know, that's not what happened. They knew they didn't have to go through, like, Jesus being the only person who could pray. And he didn't have to ordain prayers in the group when he left. He taught us all that we could pray. 
because the disciples asked, teach us to pray. So in this series, we're going to look at some things in this prayer moment. We're going to look at adoration today. You know, our Father in heaven. We're going to zone in on that. We're going to look next week at petition. Man, give us today, Lord. We're going to look at this thing called intercession, where you... We're asking God for your kingdom to come like we're praying for the world, God, and the world needs it. We're going to learn perseverance and, and listening and warfare. There's some good stuff in this prayer Jesus taught that we're going to unpack over the coming weeks. And I guess if you wanted a sub theme to this series, it would be I think our perspective is going to increase for like God's heart, not just for us, but for the world. That we would be those that would stand in the gap, I guess, for people all around the globe. And how would God have us engage that reality? By the end of this series, not only will you be able to pray, you'll have a passion for what prayer and the actions prayer inspires can do in your life and around the world. So let's jump in. Our big idea today is prayer brings us closer to God. Prayer brings us closer to God. Imagine, if you would, feeling comfortable finding things to thank God about during the course of each day. I mean, just think of trivial things. Think of of things that you would want to, you know... If you could hear God's voice clearly for you, for your neighbors, for the world, what if you could thank him for, for being able to sense his presence? Like, wow, you were here. Like, thank you, God, right? Or, or you, uh, you could be in a place where you could share your doubts and disappointments and anger openly with God, uh, your struggles. You could, you could be in this place where you're comfortable witnessing miracles through your prayers, And like going into that expectantly, without a doubt, that you can do this, God. One of the most amazing things we find in Scripture is that God actually is waiting and listening and wants to give us the desires of our heart. It says that in Scripture. It says in Psalm 37, 4, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. He's just longing to hear what is going on in our world. This opportunity for us to express. Well, if we ask, he gives it, right? And when we ask for help, he'll give it. Well, as I said already, that's what the disciples did. And here's the moment. Luke 11, 1. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. Teach us to pray. Adoration is lifting, is the lifting of the heart and mind to God. It's asking nothing but to enjoy God's presence. Adoration. So when Jesus says, our Father in heaven, Your name is holy. Your name be kept holy. He's just in this moment of, Dad, 
Thought one, adoration is a starting point for prayer. In a healthy family environment, have you ever witnessed a little boy that does not think his father is everything in the world? I mean, in a healthy space, a healthy father, father who's loving and kind and present and active, have you ever seen a boy go, well, man, I don't want to grow up to be like my dad. Woo-wee, right? You don't. In a healthy family environment, those little boys want to be just like their dad. Everything in them, everything in their wiring. And yesterday, six-year-old soccer (laughs) was awesome. And uh, so we were watching six-year-old soccer yesterday morning, breathing in some secondhand smoke from wherever the fires were, just like fully poisoning our lungs. But we were watching soccer, and uh, this one boy is dominant on our son's team. Just absolutely at six, should play for the Sounders, and they would score a point. But anyway, they, uh, he is so good, and so he's out there like, you know, doing this fancy footwork, and he kicks a goal, and he looks over at his dad, and his smile, I gotta tell you, this kid's so genuine, he wasn't celebrating, he wasn't doing bam, bam, he wasn't doing any of these, like, taunting celebrations, all he did whenever he would score a goal is look straight at the sideline at his dad and smile from ear to ear. And you'd look down the line at his dad, and his dad is just smiling ear to ear. And I was thinking of this right here going, that is adoration. Like that's this, this back and forth moment happening there, even on a soccer field. It wasn't a spiritual time. It wasn't a spiritual moment. But boy, I tell you, you could feel it. It was thick and it was constant because he scored like six goals. Anyway, so, you know, it was like we got to see it over and over and over. And then more kids from the other team came on the field and we saw it over. It was awesome. And uh, I was like, way to go, Preston. Keep passing to him. (laughs) And you'll win. If you like winning, that's, that's the secret sauce right there. Um, but it's beautiful to watch. It's just so powerful. And we live in a world that actually has had challenge with dads being present. So I know when you talk in Scripture about father, sometimes that can be hard to, to even understand. And maybe for you... You haven't had a present father or a loving father. And so for you, when you hear this term, it just makes you go, you're either angry or disappointed or sad. Or maybe you're on the other side of it and you're like, yeah, my kids aren't going to know that because he did this, this. You know what I'm saying? That's just being real. But here's the challenge. We have to try to look here at the example of a father who's perfect and get our picture of a father from this scripture. Because here's a father that will never leave us or forsake us. God the Father will never do things to spite us or hurt us. God the Father is ever-present. And boy... If we're scoring a goal and smiling at our earthly father, how much more when we score anything in life should we be going like, man, God, 
that was like the coolest moment you let me experience. Thank you. It's adoration. That thing right there, that transaction is the depth of adoration. Thanks for all you did today, Father. That was amazing. Well, adoration is just saying God is good, right? He's holy. He's our Father, and He loves us. And maybe He's the Father we never had. So wherever you're at on that scale, we need to grow in our adoration. Funny thing is, the more you pray, the more you adore. Because you attach God to things. In simple opportunities, right? Hey, God, keep us safe on this flight. You land, it was safe, thank you, God, right? It's like that moment, or man, they even gave me snacks, and I didn't have to pay a $25 fee for that. That was amazing. Thank you, God, for letting me check in my bags for free. Flying Southwest, huh? Anyway, so it's just like, you know, you just realize there's things we should be thankful for. God, help my day at school go well. Help me not fall down the stairs at White River High School. Lord, right? I think I've heard my girls pray that out loud at night. Um, help, help me to, to have a, a great test today. And when you, you're like, man, I didn't think I was going to do that well, but I did really well. Thank you, God. Right? Help it go different than it went yesterday today. Lord, help me get that sales job. Or let me make the sale today when you make the sale. Thank you, God. Or more real, God, help me encourage these hurting people at my work from whatever it is. And when you have that moment of life on life with someone, and you come away and you're like, thanks, God, for letting me be a part of that. That was all you. That's adoration. It's just being filled with, with thanks, a conscious decision to give him opportunity in just trivial moments to be present and active in our lives. So if we pray for inevitable things, it's, we're going to be very thankful. God, let me eat breakfast today. I guarantee you, look at me. I'm going to eat breakfast. And so it's like, thank you, God, we did that. Woo, you know, Cheerios. Yes. With a chaser of Captain Crunch. Glory to God. Got to add some sugar on that stuff. Or it's just like, come on, somebody put some sugar in here. Okay, here we go. Thought two, adoration is more about giving than receiving. Thanks. Don't we view prayer sometimes as transactional? Okay, God, if I, if I take the time to, to talk to you, you're going to take the time to, like, help my my car go a little longer, right? And we kind of have this agreement with him. Okay, if I pray, you're gonna. But what if adoration and prayer is more of a giving thing than a receiving thing? We aren't trying to get something out of God. We're adoring him for being our father in heaven. What would change if our prayers were more about thanking God than sharing a a checklist of needs that we're waiting for him to tick off for us. It's fine to tell God what's difficult, our doubts, our worries, our fears. 
But we need to be grateful, thankful, and, and to, to just realize, man, I'm, I'm here to bless in this direction as much as he's there to bless in this direction. And let me capture this. Let me just give you a picture of this that I think really spells this out. And, and if I could set up a hidden camera, you would see it every Sunday morning. In fact, this morning it happened at 6.16. I wake up at around 5.45 on Sundays. I go back through the elements of this talk and, and, uh, and just reviewing it and kind of getting my mind right. Okay, I'm drinking coffee. That's why I'm up so early. Anyway, and I'm, uh, so I make my French press. I'm sitting there in my office downstairs from where everybody's asleep. And, and eventually, maybe usually around 6.45, but this morning a little earlier, you hear the pitter-patter of a six-year-old boy's footsteps, a toilet flush, TMI, but that's okay. That's what happens. And then you hear him try to sneak downstairs, the creak of the stairs and, and the pitter-patter then on hardwood floor and my door slowly creaking open. He's trying to sneak up on me. And he runs up behind me and gives me a hug, climbs in my lap, and we have a snuggle. Oh, yeah, I don't want him to grow up. When does that, anybody want to tell, when does that end? I just tell me never, right? Never, never. Do you guys still do that with your parents? You just climb up on, you're climbing up on your dad's lap, and you're climbing up on your dad's lap. He's like, oh, Eric, what are you doing? (laughs) Help. (laughs) Uh, I just tell you what. It's something to behold. And I kiss him, and I'm like, what did you breathe? Because your breath needs deliverance. (laughs) But it's just my heart explodes. I got to tell you, when he climbs up on my lap and snuggles me, I'm just like, man, it's adorable. But the reality is, that's the same sense of adoration we should be given God. And when we start our day off, we're like, thank you, God, for what you're going to do today. It's like we're climbing up in his lap, and it's just like, mm. And God's got to be like, okay, this is awesome. What if we just change that visual? Because he's definitely not, when we're like, Jesus, Lord, God, Jesus, Jesus, just, 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 Jesus, Lord, just, He's not going, well, man, I'm scoring that prayer down a little bit today. I need to work on that one. No, he's still there going, I love this. It doesn't matter, the words. If you're adoring him, you're just like, Father. However you're expressing it, he's just, it's two-way. So if we'll give adoration... Climb up in the lap of God. Some crazy things are going to be happening in and through our life. Thought three, adoration reminds us to enjoy God's presence. Again, we're there, right? We're there just resting with God. We're in his presence, and that's what worship is, right? We come through the door, and, and we, we have this opportunity to lift up words of truth and adoration to God. And ultimately through worship, climbing up on the lap of God and just saying, you did this, 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 you're amazing, you are awesome, I love you, Jesus. Everybody prays, 
But when Christians pray, we're spending time with our Father and climbing up in the lap of God, the Father. It's intimacy. Genesis 2 and 3. You can read about how Adam and God hung out together. I mean, they just walked through the garden together. That was intimacy. They dialogued. They named animals. It's crazy. It's entertaining to read, actually, when you go back into Genesis and just read about that. And you're like, they go around and they're like, hmm, cow. Great name, Adam. Thanks, God. Horse. Way to go, Adam. And then there's this really weird phrase, and it's like, and they didn't find a suitable mate for Adam. Have you, guys, have you ever just been thankful for that? Armadillo. Well, that, nah. You know, it's like, it's like, God, can you just make one more? And then Eve showed up. Thank you, God, for, right? Could have gone bad. But they hung out together in the garden, and then sin broke off that relationship. Sin broke off that intimacy. And the only way we can get there again and enjoy that presence is through prayer. Because we can still have it. Because Jesus did. And that's what the disciples wanted. They're like, wait, I... We read about this, and it happened in the garden, but sin occurred, but Jesus is tapping into this. Teach us this, Jesus. Father. Right? Don't be like the couple who sends off their, their kids off to college, and all of a sudden the nest is empty, and you're just going, oh, wait, like there's still someone here. Like, I'm married. Oh, uh, I need to get to know this person because your life revolved around the kids, right? And you haven't dialogued with each other for such a long time. And you realize, we better get to know each other because this is, is going to be awkward. But if we've done that with our faith, it's okay. It's the same thing. We need to get to know each other, God, because I know I've known you for quite a while, but, and it's a little awkward, but... Let's start to have conversation again. In a lot of the testimonies of re-engage, there's a lot of couples that say that. They're like, you know, we realized, like, the kids were moving out, and, and we didn't know each other because all we had done for 18 years or 20 years or 25 years was serve the kids. And we forgot to serve one another. And things are rough. Help. <laughs> Communication. Presence. Spend time with one another. Finally, thought four, adoration changes our perspective on prayer. Really, two perspectives that I was dwelling on here. And, and we know prayer is, is not something reserved for the elite. We've made that clear today, right? For the professionals. You're a pastor. Could you pray for the food? That does not take a degree. In fact, what Jesus modeled was Thanks for the food, God. Amen. In fact, maybe we shouldn't pray, God, I just pray that this food is good. What does that say to the cook, right? Help it, Lord. I'm looking at it right now. It's needing your help. 
God let this asparagus two hours from now not smell bad. Amen. Anyway, just saying. Speaking from last night's dinner. Um, So our perspective changes. We understand it's not the professionals that can do it. We all can do it. But look at this. We also know that when we draw close to God, he draws close to us. Again, that intimacy thing happens when we kick in and through prayer, our view of things becomes God's view of things. We literally take on his vision and perspective. And the only way I could really capture this in my brain was it's like driving down 410 in the morning and you're wondering, I don't know why you would wonder this because it's always the same, but how is traffic on 167 northbound? (laughs) Um, There's only one form of traffic on 167 stopped, right? Isn't that? But you're still going to, you know, you're going to wonder it, and you determine, man, what route should I take based on the traffic? And all of a sudden you turn on the radio, and they're giving you the the traffic on the fours, Como 1000 or whatever, and they're like, well, if you're coming up from Puyallup, sorry. It stopped all the way from Puyallup to 405 like normal. So a good alternate route, well, sorry, there is none. But if you want a better view, you know, I don't know. But, you know, you get, you, they have a helicopter and a computer program. And people's phones they've hacked into, probably. You know, and they're like, here's the pace of the road. Man, a better route maybe over here. And they've got a perspective that is better than ours in the car, right? They've got this better perspective. Well, God has a perspective of the rest of your life. And he knows the beginning of it. And he knows the ins and outs of it. So why would we not want to come into tightness with that relationship of our father and just he gives us the fatherly perspective you remember asking your parents for advice because they had more wisdom than you father what should i do here it's adoring him like when they want your advice you're like you want my advice on your asb speech yeah i'll give you some uh, yeah that's like, you're, as a dad, I was like, it's midnight, but I'm going to help you. You know, okay, I exaggerated, 11. Uh, but, you know, oh, it's due tomorrow. Sure, I'll help you. Gonna, okay, anyway, so it's like, you know, so you're just helping them. And it, you're kind of blessed to do it, even though they don't ask enough. You know, it's kind of that deal. God's got to feel so blessed by that. I love using Waze. The, the app ways, I love it. Um, and because it'll find the fastest direction, but not just that. I don't know how Waze understands all the roads that are out there because it'll take you in weird places. Like you're wondering if it's safe sometimes. And this week that happened to me. I was driving to Renton in the morning at 8. So there's no good direction. And so it's taking me all over the place. And and I'm going on these detours, I've not, these roads I've never been on, and, and I'm just blindly following it, which is kind of dangerous. And, uh, but it was an adventure. What would happen if we took on the perspective of God and lived the adventure of life? And just kind of, okay, God, you tell me to go this way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go that way. You know best. 
You know I'm passing this accident here and I'm not going to be frustrated. If I just go, it seems like it's longer. I'm adding miles to my commute, but you're telling me I'm going to get where you want to take me safer, quicker, more fulfilled. Yes, God. I adore you when you get there on time. Well, I got to experience that this week. It was fun. Isaiah 43, 16 says, I'm the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. What does that mean? He makes a way where there is no way because he loves you. That's what the Father does. And he gives us right perspective. Here's your action point for this week. Here's the action. Here's one of many that you've probably had stirring inside of you today, but here's one of many you could do. Pray daily with adoration. Didn't, I mean, it's pretty simple. You kind of probably thought that was coming. Um, But on the back of your handout, if you grabbed a handout today, there's a little thing that says pray. It's just an example model of how to pray if it hasn't happened for a while where you could see, like, here's maybe a a path, a strategy. It's an acrostic, right? P stands for praise or adore or thank, right? R, repent or turn from the sin. Just kind of confess your sins to God. It's that moment where you're like, God, I love you. Thank you for doing this in my life. And God, forgive me for raising my voice today to my kids. And then A, ask. See how it's like the third thing we do instead of the first? So we praise, we repent, and then we're like, God, I need help. And then finally yield. And this, we'll talk on this in a future series, but that might be the thing that's hardest. It's to wait for an answer. It's to look for that answer. It's to yield to that answer. And I got to tell you, even when I'm following Waze's direction, I struggle not zooming out and going, really? Turn right? Under that railroad track on a one-lane road? This looks dangerous. Okay, ways. What if we do that with God? What's on the other side of that decision? It's a line for each day. You can jot down what's going on in your world. It might feel like a blind date tomorrow if you haven't prayed for a while. You don't know where to start. So, uh, you dub one, and uh, that was good. You know, I don't know. It's like that, where do you start in this conversation? Get through the awkward, because right actions bring right emotion. If you discipline yourself to begin to pray, you'll avoid the tendency of not talking to God. God, I thank you for everybody that can make it here today. I pray for this week. I pray for our conversations with you. I pray for the little tiny things we begin to give you credit for and thank you for. Simple. Just setting things out there before you and and going, God, help this day to go great. And at the end of the day, thank you, God, for letting this day go great. Help us to recognize how we can bridge the communication gap with you grow tighter in relationship with you and see the world through your perspective. I think our adoration is going to go off the chart, which in turn 
It's like climbing up in the lap of our Father. You're just going to shower us with love. And that's going to overflow onto other people around us. And ultimately, when we love one another, we make this world an incredibly greater place. So touch our lives this week, God. Help us to grow in relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we want to know what's going on in your world, so we give you that connection card you probably filled out the front side of earlier. And on the back side, there's space to jot. Like, man, this talk really did this, or I I have this prayer request. Will you pray for this with me? Not pray for this because you're the professionals. Pray for this with me because I'm going to pray too. Because we can't wait to hear what God's going to do in your life as you take that action point and run with it.